Joe Show. Been here from Matt Floor coming up and a fascinating story where things like this happen and you're kind of like, wow, how does that happen when you are inside a prison? It just, it's, it's maximum security prison out of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Just craziness. Guy assumed the identity of a movie, uh, movie mogul and stole $11 million. Huh. We'll get into that coming up here in a little bit. Um, this, is, uh, this is from Anthony, and Anthony says, a great show as always. Uh, we also had inclement weather near us, nothing like the video that you shot, but we did have a lot of leaves down, a couple of tree branches, no big deal. Glad you're safe. Uh, as far as the Packers go, he says, uh, I'll take Aaron Rodgers over Jordan Love every day. Why is this becoming a controversy on the Internet? Because everything you read on the Internet is true, right? Pretty much. Can't you say that? <laughs> Come on. It's not... And it's, it's you get what, what I consider to be a loud majority or a loud minority that tries to shout down the, minor, the majority most of the time. Because that's where people go to complain. Very, very, either you go there to pontificate about something wonderful that happened to you or you go to complain and vent. And there's a lot more venting than there is proclaiming greatness, you know? Um, and when things don't work, people's first reaction is to change it. And you understand that because that's what we do. You want to change things. You want to make it better. You want to make it right. And I think through the last couple of years, there have been some attitudes out of the quarterback that people have not really liked. Um, and therefore, it makes it easy to say out of hell with you. And I think that's kind of where things have gone. But make no mistake about it. There's a reason nobody was beating down the door for the backup quarterback that is Jordan Love come draft day. There's a reason Jordan Love has not wowed us in three years. Has he gotten better? Yeah. Yeah. But... Is Jordan Love the answer over Aaron Rodgers? No. You, if, if, if Matt LaFleur said tomorrow, you know what, we saw Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love in practice today and things are starting going real smooth for the offense, so you know what we're going to do? Let's just go ahead and start Jordan Love. He would be laughed out of the coaching industry to never have a shot at being a head coach or an offensive coordinator again. Seriously, he just would. You just you don't do that. So, am I concerned about it? No, it's just a lot of people screaming and yelling. That's it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Like I said though, we're going to hear from uh, and who knows, maybe Matt LaFleur makes that announcement today. You know, I was over on Twitter and people said I should start Jordan Love. And I, you know, when I was thinking about it, and what the hell? <laughs> not going to happen. Not not going to happen. Nay, nay. Um, this is from Tom. Tom says, uh, the Brewers, what do they need to do next year? And if they're not going to spend money, then what? Tom, that is the million-dollar question. Now, Garrett Mitchell came on like gangbusters and played really well. 
I hope he's got a long and extremely prosperous career with the Brewers. But we've seen numerous players that have come up, had success, and then flamed out and or struggled thereafter. So do you make him your everyday center fielder? I don't know. Uh, I think you still have to hedge your bets. If you look, we know center field, we know third, we know first consistently, backup catcher, depth in the bullpen, back end of the bullpen. All of that needs to be figured out. Some of it's going to be natural selection. Some of it's going to be, well, you know what? We can't really afford to fix them all, so we're only going to fix one or two. And we're going to have to live with that. Do they do enough to make you believe that this team has a legitimate shot at winning the division and getting into the postseason and winning in the postseason? We have seen wild card teams do it before. It's not out of the realm of possibility, specifically in recent history. So you just kind of you, you need to get to the postseason and you need to see if you can get hot at the right time because that's what baseball specifically more than anything I think we have seen is what it's been kind of about. You know, so I but to say that is Garrett Mitchell the guy? I don't know yet. What we've seen has been encouraging. Hell yeah, absolutely. But as far as hanging your hat on that hook right now, no, I'm not going to do that. You need to go out and find bats, consistent bats. As much as we want to talk about the pitching, and we need to talk about the pitching more so the bullpen. Uh, I think there has to be some some bolstering that goes on there. But right now, you know, they're worried about the $30 million worth of arbitration that could send the payroll that much higher. And I think, I think, look, there's a budget to be had in Milwaukee. I understand that. But you can't be the Petri dish to grow talent only to watch it walk away when it gets successful. Because isn't what you've been preaching all along, we have to bring them up through the system, we have to grow our own guys, we have to get them to arbitration where we can get these early contracts and get them underpriced a little bit to give them the money now, to keep them, to hang on to them for a longer period of time. This was this has been the philosophy. And now that you're seeing guys like Hayter and Woodruff and Burns and, these, and Peralta and these guys coming up, now you're going, well, I can't keep them all. Well, wasn't that what you were telling us all along? Now it's about the money as opposed to the product on the field. So that's my only dissenting opinion more than anything, you know. 877-867-1670. This one's from Ben. Ben says, I think the Brewers need to go out and find a steady everyday center fielder and a better bat down at third base. Leave Rowdy at first. He's not a total detriment. And backup catching, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, third third, third base should be kind of a priority. But the next question is, and, and I know uh, David Stearns alluded to this when we were listening to some of his cuts earlier from the press conference. The offense, he didn't say, look, it's all or nothing. But what he did say was, that, yeah, the offense, you know, while it is good to have home run hitters, he stopped short of saying, yeah, we need the guys to get on base too. Because situational hitting for this team was just not good. It's great when you're hitting home runs and everybody's got power and everybody's got that ability and when you have it consistently. But you need guys. You can't have your leading hitter on your team be a 250 batter. You, that, you're just 
That's too much all or nothing. You know? Complicated fellow says, what is the spending line for the Brewers, the magical number? Boy, I wish I knew. That is a great question. Is it 115, 125, 135, 150? I think anything over $130 million of payroll starts to strain this team. That's kind of where I'm thinking. So you kind of take that into consideration. And, you know, the Brewers were pontificating big time. You know, our payroll this year, it's the highest it's ever been. Look at what we're doing. And total payroll for this past season was $142,781,000. And they wanted to get rid of Josh Hader. I don't know if you're going to go much over that. Because think about some of these deals that are coming up. You know, what you're going to do. I I don't know if you're going to go much over that. You know? Um, Yelich, I mean, we all know Yelich's contract is is going to be enormous. But... You know, Yelich is a guaranteed $26 million. You don't, You got arbitra- a lot of guys arbitration eligible. Urias, Suter, Adamas, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Hunter Renfro, arbitration eligible. Colton Wong's got the club option for $10 million this year. Hauser, Lauer, Caratini, uh, Rowdy Telez, Matt Bush, Trevor Gott, Devin Williams, uh, Brousseau, Hobie Milner, Keston Hura. You know, you've got all of these guys that are arbitration. They're, they're talking about the possibility of $30 million in arbitration coming up. So, and then, I, I, let's, let's look at it this way. When you look at 2023 and where it is right now, your active payroll... Okay, now now remember, it's active. It's money that is actually on the books already for next year. Okay, your active payroll. Your active payroll is like 50 to 60 million. But what you're going to have between Adamas and Brousseau and Corbin Burns and Matt Bush and Kerry, that's all arbitration money that you've got to put on the books. So you've got to look down the road. Okay, like Corbin Burns, for example. Okay, Corbin Burns estimated... Um, coming up for the 2023 season, coming out of arbitration, he's six and a half million now. Guarantee he's going to double that. So he's going to go to 12 million. Guarantee that's going to be about the arbitration number. Okay, Corbin Burns. Let's look at Corbin Burns. Same thing, six and a half million. Guarantee he's doubling that. That's 12. So you've just added 12 million of payroll to a 141 million dollar payroll. Now, you're going to lose some of it on these one-year contracts and such. But my point being is, is for as much as you're going to lose going into next year with that 50-something million, and you're looking at it going, okay, there's 50 million. With those two pitchers alone, you just added $24 million. You know what I mean? So I'm going to say, I'm going to guesstimate that your payroll next year is going to be about 145 to 150 million bucks. That's my guess. Now, here's the shame. Here's here's the big shame. Okay, listen up. The big shame of things is this. All right? 
Um, Matt, uh, um, if you take Corbin Burns and Woodruff and those guys and say we're going to keep them and pay them because we have to, right? Pitching is everything. Okay, you're with me so far? If you don't then go out and fortify the rest of the team, then what are you doing? You know, it's the same as buying a really nice car, but it doesn't have an engine in it. You go out and buy a Corvette, beautiful Corvette, right? You're going to do one of those road races, right? You're going to Road America. Others with Corvettes, they're going to go up against you. But yet, you know, because it costs you a lot of money, you don't want to skimp. So instead of putting in that L2 engine and going balls out, you put in a six-cylinder. It's still a Corvette. But come on, you can't go as fast and as far and with aggressiveness the way the others can. What you're hoping for is that the others, you know, throw a, throw a piston along the way, run out of gas along the way. You're, you're hoping that you're competitive, but you don't have that ability starting out the season to say we're really going for it, right? That's what that, that would be the disservice to this team and to this fan base, to the franchise. If you don't, with the pitching you have, the, the guys that you've grown through your system and getting them for the song that you're getting them for, if you don't put all the funds back into this thing and say, let's do it again and let's do it better, if you don't do that, then what are you doing? Why spend the money at all? Why spend the money at all at that point? Just become the Cubs. Say, you know what? We're going to blow it up. We're going to get the most we can for the talent we have. Give us another five years, three years, four years, whatever. We're going to tear it back down, sell off all our parts, get really high-end prospects, watch them all come up through the system at the same time, and then regurgitate them out, and therefore everything's going to hit at the same time, and we're going to have a three- to five-year window where we can actually get into the postseason and run it, run it to its entirety. That's what you would do. That's what you would do. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Does that make sense? Uh, coming up the bottom of the hour, we're going to hear Matt LaFleur speak. Aaron Rodgers not practicing today. We'll let you know about that. That's all coming up. Stay tuned for that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha. Great place. Home of the Al Capone Roast. Home of the Ribs on a Stick. The chicken skewers are fantastic, but he also caters. So if you've got an event coming up, whether it's a raffle or whether you're going to do kind of an outing or a wedding or whatever it happens to be, check out our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. Roberts, R-O-B-E-R-T-S, Roberts Specialty Meats, Waukesha. Dot com. Stay tuned. We got more after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show we continue. I uh, want to remind you, our friends at Buzzard Billy's out on the cross, uh, where they've had some sunshine. They're going to get some rain later on. 
But out in the area, uh, Buzzer Billy's great place. Oh, good food. And then you go upstairs to the Starlight Lounge. That thing's like locked in the late 50s, early 60s. Just a cool place. The whole experience out there on the cross. Love it very much. And thanks to them for being a part of the program. That's our friends at Buzzard Billy's. Downtown lacrosse, good food, even better people. Buzzard Billy's. Um, Aaron Rodgers not practicing today. Why? He took that uh, hit on the thumb. He took that hit on the thumb. That was it. Uh, they say they don't really believe it's going to affect game day. But uh, just giving him some rest so he doesn't have to you know, hang on to it, so to speak. Hang on to the football and strain that thing. Give it a few more days to, to rest up, if you will. Uh, some clarity, by the way, on the Devontae Adams charge in Kansas City. Uh, he has been charged with a city ordinance violation, which is a little bit lower than a state misdemeanor. Uh, per the prosecutor's office, it carries a fine of anywhere between 250 bucks and $1,000 and or up to 180 days in jail. So it's not like he got into a bar fight and beat the hell out of somebody and he's got uh, an assault charge. This is what they call the misdemeanor city ordinance assault. So not as severe. And, um, you know, again, 250 bucks or $1,000. But the 180 days in jail, he's not going to get. It's not going to happen. But that's what the uh, the charge actually is in Kansas City. So it's kind of a nothing charge. But now... I hate to do this, but I'm going to go through the uh, through the legal process here for for just a second. What you do if you figure there's any kind of legal action and or money to be had or lawsuit to be had, you file the charge first. And what's going to happen is uh, Devontae Adams' attorney is going to plead to whatever, plead it out and say we'll pay the fine or whatever it happens to be. Therefore, it's on the record. So now you have the ability to take it to the next step and then go for civil litigation, which is the lawsuit, to say that he has lingering effects. Uh, he chipped a bone in his elbow or, you know, he fell down. Or he's been on video now and he's been publicly humiliated because your client, Devontae Adams, decided to throw him to the ground. And therefore, he's suffered mental anguish and that's worth something. So that's that's what that basically sets up. So there you go. That's it. 877-867-1670. So uh, I just wanted to say that's why. Because that, some say, why even charge him? That's the reason why. If you have something litig- litigation-wise down the road, you put something in writing to say, this is what happened, and this is what's been agreed to, and this is what's been admitted to. So there you go. Uh, one of the other takeaways regarding the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, and I thought it was interesting, um, that – uh, um, and by the way, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. But David Stern said that they were open and motivated to keeping the group together. Highly motivated is what he said. Um, because you always want to hang on to the talent that you grow. This is what I was talking about before. And you've got a Cy Young Award winner on the staff in Corbin Burns. Um, Brandon Woodruff. Willie Adamas. All would be candidates for long-term deals. Uh, they did not believe they were going to be able to sign Josh Hader to a long-term deal, and that's why they traded him away. Because he wanted to become one of the better closers, higher-paid closers in baseball, and they just don't want to pay that kind of money for a closer. And I've said it all along. When you've got a good one, 
they're like generational talents almost because they're so hard to find. So you always close by committee and it's no big deal when you don't have one. When you got one, then it's like, no, 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 we got to hang on to that guy. This is our closer. He's our guy. Um, but it's clear that that hater trade, you know, really screwed up the clubhouse and the fan base. And the Brewers, I would assume, both in the clubhouse and fan base, don't want to have another PR disaster. So if you're really motivated to kind of keep this group together and avoid what else, what, what happened with the hater trade, you're going to have to sign some of these guys. You know, and and that might be David Stearns and Mark Atanasio's thought process is like, we don't want to go through this again. If we start selling these guys off or trading them away, phew, you're basically telling the guys in the, in the clubhouse and the fan base, yeah, we're not serious about winning. And that's what the, the battle cry was. And the reason that is so strong is because they sat there some years back, like four or five years ago, and said, give us, give us, a, few, give us a few years. You know, we want to get this thing right, so we're going to tear it down and build it back up. And I respect them for that. They did that. Absolutely, they did that, right? So you take them at their word. And then when you finally grow the talent, here it is. You've had four cracks at it, okay, the bites at the apple, so to speak. Okay, I understand that. You know, maybe for a small market team, you got to start looking towards the future and tearing it back down again. But when you've got them and you've grown them, you're like, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't do that. You go all in, right? Well, maybe that's not right. Um, David Stearns also said it was a strange year with the offense, no question. Uh, homers are really good in baseball, but I also think the game calls for certain things during the game and the season, and at times we just didn't get it done in those situations. In other words, we didn't get anybody on base, and when we did, we couldn't drive men. We didn't get enough on base percentage and enough guys batting for average. And that's an ugly word in today's day and age because sabermetrics and the OPS, that is the number everybody wants to go by. And power will give you OPS. But consistency can win you a lot of ball games. Clutch hitting, base knocks, doubles, hitting into the hitting against the shift. Every now and then, dropping down a bunt. Whatever it is you need to do to advance runners, to move runners along, to put runners across the plate, that's what you need to do. He's right. We've talked about it. We've screamed about it. We've discussed it. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. So he's also talking about the possibility of adding more bats. Brewer's batting average among uh, qualified hitters this year was two fifty-five, And uh, Hunter Renfro, the highest. He was also one of the biggest home run hitters on the club, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez, both hit 30-plus. But their batting averages were terrible. And so David Stearns recognized basically that you need more situational hitting, more guys getting on base and moving guys over, which was the important lesson, I think, that came out of this season, and probably last season as well. Garrett Mitchell, you know, you go into the AAA uh, you know, bag. He was a fun call-up. Sal Freelick, another one. There's um, Bryce Terang is another one. You know, more on putting the ball in play. So we'll see. The identity of the offense, though, you got to get away from the grip it and rip it. Got to. 
and the Brewers need more pitching depth. Got to there as well. So, anyway, uh, let's listen to Matt LaFleur when we come back, shall we? Last half hour of the program, we'll catch up as to what the head coach of the Packers has to say as they get back on the practice field getting ready for the New York Jets coming off the performance over there in London. Now they get ready for the uh, for the J-Men, not the G-Men, the J-Men. Then they're going to come to town from New York and uh, get ready for the Jets for a noon kickoff at Lambeau coming up this weekend. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley. Can't wait for the renovation to be done at Stoley's. Cannot wait. Looking forward to it right out there in Summit, just off of uh, 94. And it's a more economy walk, but Summit is technically the area. Stoley's Hog Alley, still open for business, still a great place to go and watch games. You don't have to be a biker. You can be a family. Walk in as a family. they got great breakfasts and such on Sundays, but stop on in. Check out Stoley's Hog Alley. More to come after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, the Bill Michael Show. We continue on. If you got them, you don't want them. But uh, if you got bed bugs, ants, flying stuff, I know this time of year when the sun comes out and all of a sudden you get those uh, box elder beetles all over the place, the stink bugs all over the joint. Call our friends at Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros. That's Milwaukee Bed Bug Milwaukee Bed Bug uh, Call Michael over there, 414 877 5811. They've got great customized solutions for your situation and your budget. And it doesn't matter if you're a homeowner. Uh, multi-unit apartment building, condos, dorm rooms, hotels, motels, resorts, medical facilities, daycare. Got to get rid of those things, man. And you want to be preventative. That's the other aspect of this. Be preventative. Again, MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. Call them. 414-877-5811. Again, 414-877-5811. It's MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. Matt LaFleur with some things to say. Let's take a listen to what the head coach has going on today before practice. After the guys come in late, a little later today, uh, just yeah. to Yep, we gave them an extra hour. You talked about knowing the Jets pretty well, obviously because of the connections with the staff. So I'm just wondering, how often do you keep in tabs with those guys during during the season? Has that changed at all this year because you're facing each other? Not really. I'd say on a typical week, um, specifically with my brother, I probably talk to him almost every day, just quickly. Just check in with him and see how he's doing. But uh, uh, we're not talking quite as much this week. You know, Sal is a guy that I talk to on a regular basis as well. What's the thing about his defense that makes it tough to attack from a game planning perspective? Well, I think w- the first thing that you notice when they when you put on the tape is just the effort that w- they play with. I mean, those guys are flying around. It's very aggressive. The way they teach the defensive line, how they come off the ball how they attack the football. Um, You know, they do a great job, I think, of scouting people and playing concepts. And, um, you know, it's I I don't think it's overly complicated in regards to it's not like you're getting a ton of crazy looks, but it's just hard to go out there and consistently execute. Um, They do such a great job of just everybody playing off each other. Their, uh, their secondary's got, I think, seven interceptions. What have you seen from that group? Uh, a group that's around the football, making plays on the ball. They All those guys have, have really good ball skills. So 
it's going to be important that first and foremost that we protect up front, but also that we get guys in the right area and, and our quarterback's going to have to do a great job of progressing through his reads in the timing of the play. Hey, Matt, on the flip side of that, you guys have, what, four takeaways through five games, and you guys have obviously been good about that in the past. What What's missing there? Why is that just it comes in bunches, or do you think there's something you guys aren't doing? Uh, I'm sure it's, it, it's a combination of everything. Um, you know, I think there's definitely a lot of things that we can do better, um, you know, and, and some of it's putting our guys in position. Some of it's our guys playing the technique. And so that's something that we're working through right now, and we're, we're trying to do a better job of that. We know it's an important part of this game, and, and when you're sitting at minus three on the year, uh, that's not good. We have yet to win a tr- uh, the turnover battle in any of these games, and I think a lot of times it's hard to win games like that. So we've got to do a better job. We've got to do a better job of taking care of the football as well. I don't think it's been up to our standard of what we've been able to do the last couple of years. And, again, every year is a new year and um, has new challenges and new people. And uh, we just got to continue to stress that because it is a big part of this game. Hey, Matt, yesterday um, Aaron mentioned on Mac, if you show this, Dom was bothering him a little bit. Any concern there? What's the plan for him? Yeah, he's he's not going to practice today, but I don't think we have much concern uh, as far as game day. What have you seen from the Jets on the back three stall? Oh, that guy is, he's a monster. Uh, he can do it in the run game and in the pass game. You guys probably saw he had that 79-yarder. Um, he's just, he's, he's a great route runner. He's got great hands. I know... Just interviewing him at the Combine, he's an impressive guy. He definitely has a lot of confidence, and rightfully so. Um, You know, he's just, he's a problem. Not only in the run game, in the pass game, he's a smart guy. Just, they do a good job of finding ways to get him the football. And I think he's he's a guy that's going to have a, a really bright future for a long time. As Romeo emerges, it seems natural that he's going to get more attention from defenses. He had a, a quieter day last Sunday, and, and Randall Cobb kind of stepped up. How much of that was by design and, and kind of them taking away Romeo and having him step up, and how much of it was game plan set? Yeah, I think it was just um, part of the deal in terms of just the ball didn't go his way, you know, and sometimes that's going to happen. And, you know, I thought Randall did a really good job of, of making the most of his opportunities. And certainly we're going to try to get Rome more involved. And um, But sometimes that's just the way it works based on what coverages you're getting. And uh, But he's a guy that we definitely want to get the ball to. Is there any long-term concern with Christian considering the, kind of the on-again, off-again nature of that injury? I don't think so. Um, but, you know, it's... It's unfortunate because it's out of his control, and unfortunately, he got he got tugged down a route, and that's why it's such a big deal. Like uh, you know, when these guys get tugged, that that kind of stuff happens, and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And you know, he, I know he'll work hard to get back as soon as possible. Matt, when you see the this Jets team on the road this year, they've had a couple of big fourth quarter comebacks. How how much does that catch your attention? I think everything they've done catches my attention. Um, you know, they've, they've, you said it, they've had a, a big comeback win in Cleveland when it didn't look very good. And then 
against the Steelers as well. So um, we know it's a very young football team that we're playing, uh, but they've got a ton of talent, and you can see it. And I think it's a matter of time before they really hit their stride. I, again, I know, obviously, a lot of familiarity with, with the coaching staff. There are guys that I got a ton of respect for that I know that are going to do a great job of um, coaching their guys up. And when you do that and you get talent, um, you know, you, you got a chance to be pretty good. So I think, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. But I think you've seen the strides that they made in, in a short period of time. It's been pretty impressive. Matt, are you going to have Kylan at practice today? He will be back out there at practice, yes. Matt, on Monday you talked a little bit about some of those four-quarter sequences in London and uh, some of the run-pass options, some of the run-solution checks. Obviously, you and Aaron have really good cohesion as far as that goes. But is it more difficult to get that later in games? To get what? To, to get, like, if, if he's going up to the line and, and checking something, or if he's seeing, like, I'm on those third and fourth down plays, you said those were covered zero. If he's seeing something, is that something you want to have the autonomy of the call? Or what do you kind of think of that? No, I, I totally trust everything he does out there. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. When it works out, nobody says anything. When it doesn't then you get a bunch of questions and that's the nature of our game and it is what it is. But as far as like, you know, I totally trust what he sees out there and, and what he's going to do with it. I told him, I told our team that on those fourth downs when it's cover zero. Yeah. I know what it looks like. Everybody was talking about, Oh, he could hand the ball off. Well, it looks like a punt rush. And if you get stoned at the line of scrimmage, then it's, well, why didn't you throw the ball? So, it is what it is. Bottom line is we got to make – hopefully we, we put them in a better position where we have a better – something schemed up a little bit better where you can execute at a higher level. And so, again, that falls on me. i got to do a better job. And what, about, what about in the, the third down play? He was talking yesterday about how he came over and he had a play he wanted to run and you had a play you wanted to run. And you let him run the play that he wanted. What are those conversations like? Because if, if you have such trust in him, it takes a coach to set his ego aside and say, no, let's, okay, let's run yours instead. And you obviously did that. Yeah, he's got, he's got a great feel. He's been playing this game a really long time. Um, you know, I, I, I like the play that he liked too. So it's, it wasn't just, um, you know, th those conversations happen in such a short period of time too. It's not like we have a can sit down and that's why you, I think the planning part is so important. The conversations on the sidelines in game are so important so that when you have to make a split second decision that you everybody feels good about it. And unfortunately, I, I do think, um, you know, Kabi was coming open on the one. They, they dropped out uh, the background line of scrimmage and he had to hold it a tick longer and Unfortunately, uh, the guy got his hands up and made a good play. So kudos to them. You talked Monday about how many good runs you had against eight-man boxes. Has there been any discussion about making fewer can calls, even if it's not the look, and just running it in there, giving the strength of your backfield? Well, I think everything that you do is based on probability of, of trying to put your players in the best position possible. And so I think that could change on a weekly basis. Uh, certainly, 
you know, we're playing against a team this week that in many instances can load, load the box on you. And, um, you know, you just want to try to do what's best for your team and, and to try to put them in the best position possible. And, uh, you know, hopefully it works out. Matt, going back to Romeo, he's talked about all the little things he's picked up from Lazard. And then on that touchdown, Romeo seemed to have like a monster block. How have you seen that part of his game evolve? And how much do you credit Allen for that? Yeah, I think it's the culture that's been cultivated within that room. I think, you know, that's a credit to Jason Vrabel. Um, it's a credit to guys like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, all those guys that, that hold a standard in that room. And I think a lot of times young guys coming in um, aren't required to necessarily block to that level in the college game. And so Rome's done a nice job. I feel like he's gotten better and better each week in that regard. And yet there's still room for improvement. And so I love his approach, though, and he, he's made some – he made a, a couple critical blocks in that game that I thought were um, – he did an awesome job on. There you go, Matt LaFleur after the game. So the good news, uh, Aaron Rodgers with a thumb, not practicing today, but really no big deal. But on the opposite side, you've also got uh, what you're going to do with Amari Rodgers because Kylan Hill is going to be coming back. So a couple of things that you took out of that today, and obviously some you know play-calling questions and such right there. But, yeah, it was uh, kind of interesting that uh, Kylan Hill is going to be coming back. And then the question then becomes, well, okay, well, if Kylan Hill comes back, then what? Then what? You know, is Amari Rogers on his way out? So we'll see if Kylan Hill comes right back and goes right back into the role of punt and kick returner. Because uh, Christian Watson, for his speed and such, you you know, you, maybe you keep him back there in kick returns. But punt returner, Amari eh, Rogers doesn't have much value to the team other than that. So we'll see. And Kylan Hill certainly can be the third running back and a returner. So we'll see if uh, Kylan Hill ends up knocking uh, the third-round draft choice and Amari Rogers out of a job with the Green Bay Packers. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Growth Law Firm, one of the best law firms not only in Milwaukee but in the state of Wisconsin, protecting bikers' rights, a big partner. When it comes to the motorcycle ride we have every year, go to Growth Law, G-R-O-T-H, growthlaw.com. That is growthlaw.com. And uh, you can see for yourself what it is they do. And if you need representation, heck yeah. Heck yeah, Growth Law, Growth Law Firm. So there you go. Good stuff. Uh, Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. We'll wrap it up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back at practice, but they won't take to the field until later in the day, coming off their trip to London. Left tackle David Bakhtiari only played in 25 snaps against the Giants. Yash Schneiman was in for the rest of the game with 35 snaps. Matt Lofleur asked if Bakhtiari was upset with that decision. Not to my knowledge. Um, I think it was just, you know, we were very mindful. That was a long flight over there. You don't plan on turf, so just taking everything into consideration, thought that that was the right thing to do for him. Aaron Rodgers says on that Hail Mary attempt on the final play, he injured his right thumb after being hit from behind by the Giants' number 53 linebacker Carter Coughlin. I was trying to dance around to get myself to a spot uh, where I could, you know, get the ball up. And it's one of those things where you get kind of rocked and you kind of 
you know, after the fact, there's obvious disappointment that the game is over. And I was taking kind of a record of where I was at, uh, my body, you know, shoulders, okay, neck, okay, neck's all right, knees, okay, they're okay. My thumb is a little banged up. You got the Bennett fracture, dude? Is everything okay? Uh, uh, I think I'll be able to spin it. I think it'll feel better later in the week. Rogers on the McAfee Show. Up next, the Packers host the Jets on Sunday. We're now 3-2 and two after beating the Dolphins. It's the first back-to-back wins for New York in over a year. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson and breaking that losing streak. We don't even really look at the streak because I wasn't here. You know, a lot of these guys weren't here. As It doesn't have a lot to do with a lot of the guys in this room. And, you know, we're, we're focused on ourselves, building this legacy, and the expectation is just is, is changing, you know. We're, we're expected to come in here and win and we're expected to be shocked when we don't you know and that's how the mindset needs to be for everybody that's new york jets quarterback zach wilson in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show out of here want to remind you this portion of the program brought to you by lisa lee ortel the real estate firm o-e-r-t-e-l lisa she can help you with uh, all your real estate needs really good stuff and good person and whether you're looking to buy or sell or invest, you can follow her on Facebook or email her at lisamoveswi at gmail.com. lisamoveswi at gmail.com. Call her 414-617-6798. They've got a team of experts they work with. And they can get you a 1% closing cost credit up to three grand, and help you get free mortgage refinancing on loans that are closed this year still. So... Lisa works with veterans, understands the VA loans, also a certified condo specialist uh, if you're looking to do that. So Lisa's got a lot of experience in a lot of different areas. Go to lisamoveswi at gmail.com and get some information. lisamoveswi at gmail.com. So um, interesting stuff uh, that you're going to get Kalen Hill back, which I'm kind of looking forward to. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, by the way, uh, on a sad note, on a sad note, did you see uh, Tyrone Davis passed away? Tyrone Davis played here uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and the tight end, he uh, ended up passing away. According to the Green Bay Packers, who posted that a little while ago, man, that's sad news. Tyrone Davis was a pretty good dude, too. I don't, uh, don't know the cause. Just an FYI, I don't know the cause. But the Packers putting it out there a little while ago that Tyrone Davis passed away, for those who remember the name. Man, uh, under the heading of didn't see that coming. Oof. Um, Dead at the age of 50 as well. From 97 through 2002. Now, he died October 2nd. He died on October 2nd. So it's been 10 days. Played 69 games, started 27 of them. And he was the Packers starting tight end in 99, part of 2000. Played mostly two tight end sets. He backed up Mark Chimura and Bubba Franks. And they got him in 1997 in a trade with the Jets. But uh, Tyrone Davis passing away. Sad news out of the Packers family. Man. Uh, 877-867-1670. Here's one thought, and, and I just tweeted this out. Um, I, the, the fact that Rogers has a little bit of a bum thumb and I don't know to what extent, so I couldn't honestly tell you, but he's got a banged up thumb. And last week they did not commit nearly as much as they needed to. What to, to the run? We all know that. What does that mean? First of all, they lost last week. Usually Matt LaFleur's teams do not lose two in a row. 
Secondly, when they don't commit to the run and it's heinous and it's obvious, he usually comes back and almost overcommits to the run. And then on top of it, you've got Aaron Rodgers with a little bit of a bum thumb. So if you're going to take the running backs and say fantasy, whether it's Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, you might want to think about doing that this week. I got a, I got a sense that, yeah, boy, they're going to be uh, they're going to be relying on the run quite heavily this coming weekend at Lambeau. Just just a thought, throwing it out there. Coming up tonight, we'll talk more about it. We have uh, brought we're brought to you by a Bud, Bud Light, and we're going to be down at the Deer District at the Mecca, six to eight tonight. We're going to have a good time. Come on out, say hello. They've got Bud Light specials, food specials. All kinds of good stuff. We'll be watching some of the baseball games. Oh, by the way, Atlanta and Philadelphia are going to be delayed because of rain down at Truist Park in Atlanta. So they're going to play it, but uh, it's going to be a little bit of a later start today. So come on out. Maybe catch that game down there as well. Bud Light's going to be flowing. Bill Michaels held up tonight, 6 to 8, live from the Mecca in the Deer District. Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.